welcome to the show. Um, today we have a very special person. Uh, welcome to Get Deep Inside with your host, me, Karina Reyes. Uh, today's guest is a dear friend and also a co-worker. His name is Con Neutran. Welcome, Con. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Yeah, Con is on this new diet where he's not eating any meat, so he's trying to save the environment and get healthier. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So, Con, let's start with your childhood. Where were you born? Vietnam. So you were born in Vietnam when? Like, 59. So how old does that make you? 60. You're 60? Yes. Oh, I thought you were 40. <laughs> you look like you're 40. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so when did you come to America? When I was 16. Oh, wow. That must have been like a big change for you. It was. Yeah, so did you come until you went to high school here? I did my last two years in high school here. Well, what city did you guys move to? Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, wow, North Dakota. That's interesting. I've heard a few pe like people that came from, from other countries. They somehow end up in those parts, like South Carolina, North Carolina. Because my cousin, she married an American, and she migrated up there, and that's the only person we know, so we, she oh. sponsored us up there. Oh, I guess I got lucky that my parents were in California. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think my dad came to Texas first, mm -hmm. and my mom came to California. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any brothers, sisters? I have three brothers, one older and two younger, no sister. Are they still alive? They're all still here. Oh, that's good. Um, do they live in California? One's in Arizona, and the rest is over here. Oh. California. Do yeah, do you see them often? Not very much. No. And what about your parents? My mom lived with me. My dad passed away. And how old is your mom? 83. Oh, wow. Getting up there. Yeah. At least you know that, you know, you'll have a long lifespan. <laughs> it depends on my diet. <laughs> That's why you're a vegetarian now. <laughs> yes. So how was it, you know, growing up in Vietnam? I was very well protected, uh, so I really don't know the the bad part of it. I heard bomb. I've heard my relative gotten killed all the time. But I was always the optimistic kind of guys, even kids, and I wasn't so scared. I thought it was part of life. So you were just used to it. I'm very used to it. Uh, do you have any like PTSD from growing up in the war? No, I wasn't in the war, so there was no PTSD, whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, but the war was happening while you were there, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've seen videos of it, and mm -hmm. it, it looks scary. Like, a lot of people that were here that went over there, mm -hmm. like, they have PTSD. Yeah, once you witness all that, and you do have it, but I never witnessed it. I just heard, you know. So you heard about it, but you never actually yeah. saw it. What part of Vietnam did you live in? It was Saigon, nice Ho Chi Minh City, oh. South Vietnam. I've never been to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. um, is that like a popular area? It's a city. It's very dense. It's, it's is that like a touristy area now? Um, no, 
not really because it's it's really packed. Yeah, people go there, but tourists usually go like in these, you know, the countryside or the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard it's really pretty mm-hmm. and it's really cheap. Yeah. yeah, I heard it's it's a communist country, right? It's still communist. Yeah. So, it, did you like? Being in a communist country versus when I was there, it was never communist. Oh, it wasn't a communist country mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was a communist in the north. The south is still. And so, what did democracy. your parents do? My dad was an accountant, but then he had, and then he was a businessman after work. Oh, what kind of business? <laughs> mm, do I have to say? <laughs> no, he's he's. He's export, import, he do a lot of stuff, anything he can get on. No, he's, he's clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your mom, was she just like She's a just um, stay at home domestic mom? engineer. Oh. Which is a housekeeper. No, a <laughs> housewife, they call domestic engineer. Oh, that's a fancy name. Yeah, but she mostly stay home and take care of the kids. Oh. And so how was it growing up with, you know, all these siblings in Vietnam? Did you get to express yourself? Well, living in Vietnam, you're not supposed to express your opinions because you you were raised like that. Because if you go out in the street and you express yourself, you get killed. Really? So you keep everything inside. And my dad is very dominant, so I don't think he gave us a chance to express ourselves. So we kind of like... Most of us are introvert. Yeah, did he like hit you guys growing up? He never hit us. Um, he he hit us for um, Asian standards. Like um, he every time we do something wrong, he said, "You remember that?" And then whenever the time that we're gonna punish you, you have to list all the things you did wrong. So he make us lay down and use a bamboo stick and whip us in the butt. <laughs> that sounds painful. It is painful, but I figure the way that um, if I if I plan ahead, I can put a bunch of um, paper on? paper in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but he always find out. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I knew somebody that did that. Like they knew that they were gonna get hit, so they put on a bunch of jeans. Mm-hmm. Like one time I tried to do that. Like I just laid under the blanket. Yeah. And it didn't hurt because like the blanket was so thick. Yeah. And I was just like pretending to cry. Yeah. <laughs> that way they wouldn't figure out that <clears throat> I wasn't really getting hit. I don't remember he hit us when he's angry. You know, that's why he said, Okay, remember what you did wrong and when time come we're gonna go talk about it, that's when he punishes. Just like in Malaysia now, you know, you do what do you call them, uh, with them, you know. Yeah. Something like that. But that's that's I didn't consider that violence. I didn't consider it as a part of um, discipline. Well, at least it didn't like mess you up. Cause I mean, you seem very like relaxed. I don't think it messed me up, and I think it gave me discipline. Yeah. And it gave me how to deal with pain. Yeah, like heartache. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I can pretty much deal with pain very well, um, and I. My problem is I don't cry, so. My dad, if he see we cry, he stop. So, but I don't like to cry, so I never cry. So I get the full effect. My brothers always cry first, so he just got let go. So he just kept hitting you until you cried, and then yeah. you didn't cry. So he just no, stopped. he's just like we have eleven wrong. He's gonna hit us eleven time, and I, I don't like to cry. Instead of I thought it was not manly enough to cry. 
Yeah. So I never cry. So do you cry now? I don't. I don't cry now. The only time I cry is when my daughter gets a bad car accident. And I cry. Yeah, I mean but, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, but that's I don't cry. You know, I mean, cry like tear cry. No, no I don't. But oh. inside, I do. So on the inside, you feel bad, but you just don't know how to get it outside. I know how to get outside. Go you surfing. <laughs> yeah. When you go surfing, you cry. No, when you're surfing, that's like it just go away. You know, all the pain, everything is going away. Because it's relaxing. It make you feel real. It make you feel like okay. Um, you actually part of this universe. You part of this nature, natural thing, because you actually in it. You know. And whatever pain that caused by external thing, internal thing, and you know that you can connect to nature, you can connect to the ocean, uh, the you know, you can see that your pain is really nothing. Is that why you like mushrooms? That's different because my surfing buddy can connect me to it. It's like he told me that you gotta see things different. I was so scared, but when I did it. I actually can see things differently than I was told to, and my different perspective, you know, like you're growing up a certain way, and you, you you program and you set it a certain way, just like doing engineering, just like doing anything, but when you on it, seem like you can see the outside of it, you can see things a little bit different. It might not. It may be good. It may. I can't say it's all good. But you can. When you see things different, you can reevaluate what you. What's important. What you were thinking before, and when you see this different angle, you can refine what you were thinking before, and you can you can make it. You can make it better. You can make it um, make more sense. Doesn't mean that you're. Your the way you think before was wrong. It's just thinking different. But if you on it, you can expand it to a different dimension. And I believe that uh, that make you more broad. Make you have just not two dimension, yeah. three dimension. It's maybe fifth dimension. That's how I see it. So yeah, I haven't tried it, so I don't know. But I would be interested to see how it is. Yeah, I mean, I tried acid one time, or three times, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I never tried. I only tried natural um, stuff. So. Yeah, I guess it's not natural, but it was cool. Like I was sitting outside looking at the stars, and it's just they're so bright, and you you see so many stars, and you realize that you're just like a tiny little speck in this universe, and there's so much more that you can't see. So I, I I guess you know you think about life a little bit differently, mm-hmm. or uh, like I watched the Beatles movie, and after that like I love the Beatles, okay. like and you you kind of see something that you didn't see before. Like as I was watching the movie and hearing the songs, like I understood the real meaning of yes, what that song exactly. was. Like that song Strawberry Fields, you know, it doesn't really make sense when you hear it or listen to it but then as you're watching the movie and you're seeing all these soldiers getting shot Mm -hmm. and it's really just talking about death 
it sounds like a positive song, but it really isn't. Yeah. I think it have this have something to do with your brain structure when you're on it. It's just like it it gives you like a different dimension or or something in there that just make your thoughts, you know, a little broader. It's yeah. more loose or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, you're an Asian male, and a lot of, you know, other Asian males, they're very, like, conservative and, like, strict, mm -hmm. and they're not very talkative, but mm -hmm. you seem a lot more different. You're more, like, free, you know, kind of like a hippie. <laughs> That's later come in life. So. Yeah, like, you even dress more, like, modern, and you have this surfer haircut, and you like to do fun things. And you get along with your daughter, that one that lives with you. You know. It's true. You watch movies with her. Like you guys went to dinner together in Hollywood one day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think you're doing a good job. And now you're um, taking care of your mom, right? Yes. <laughs> so how has that been? It's. I think that's one of the biggest battle right now because. Now I see her as my daughter that I have to raise her. I have to change her thinking and but it's different because when you raise your child, they're growing and and the thought you can replenish their thought with good thing, but for older people, they're set in a certain way they don't have that much time to grow and I don't think believe that their brain will grow like like us you know so it's it's a big challenge and I'm trying to figure out how how to do that I think I do that I will I will bring peace to her yeah. before she goes um, because I can see there's a lot of um, suffering a lot of restriction on her part too. She was raped in Vietnam before me. She didn't have a mother. So her thinking is, is very, to me, it is uh, it, very sad. But she thinks it's okay. She, like what are some of the things that she thinks? Um, like when she was raised, she didn't have a mother. She had to take care of her kids, her, her, her sibling nine of them wow yeah and they're not very very rich back then so putting food on the table putting her stuff on the table is is that's her task you know and her dad rely on her to make sure everybody's um got fat so she's very she's she's very um focused on that but now that she's getting the older age, that become I think is the problem because she focused on that that she forgot about Having what fun. what life is is all about. You know, and there's so much life to offer. You know, not to me that seemed to be so to me to me it's materialistic in a way. You know, in in a sense, not like a typical American materialistic mean have a lot. But to have little food here and there, uh, to have enough to survive, I, I do believe that's very materialistic too. But if I can bring her spiritually that, hey, that's not really 
the important fact, important thing that of life. You know, there's so much to it because yeah. if you if it, you dwell on it, you're not gonna be happy. You know, you you need to find happiness. So that's that's think, my biggest task. I right think now. that's a big thing today too. With like, you know, men and women, like. A lot of them, especially with social media, like they see what everybody else is doing. They're exactly. like, they're like, this guy's on vacation in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. This person just got this exactly. new car, this new house, these shoes, and so people, uh, what do they call it? Like keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Like people are just trying to keep up with what everybody else is doing instead of trying to be happy. See, you're so young and you see that already, but those kind of thing is so man-made that this generation. Yeah, like, because when you die, you can't take any of these things with you. Like, all you have are your experiences, and a lot of people say, like, you know, as long as I die being happy, that's all that matters. Well, the scary part is they, they don't know what's real anymore. You know, they they just know what social media tell them what's, what they have to do, what have to be. And it is so sad, you know, there's so much beauty out there. And they don't even know. They, they literally unintentionally destroying this this planet because of that yeah and i think i've noticed a lot like with asian culture like i went to japan and it's like they just have to look perfect like their hair is always done their nails they have fake eyelashes their clothes have to be nice it's like they just can't be themselves exactly you know when you get just my age you know you see people so perfect you see there's something wrong with it but if you know them you see the their internal stuff, and then you can appreciate how, what they really are, you know. And I don't see that much over here anymore nowadays. You know, you, you have people have to come from inside to have that energy that that will help this make the surrounding other people feel good about themselves too. Yeah, I think also it's like if they don't feel good on the inside, they're like, well, at least I can look good on the outside. And maybe it's also like they're trying to please other people mm-hmm. by looking that way instead of pleasing themselves. I don't know if they want to please other people before for looking good, you um, know. I mean, I think some of them do. Like, there's the girls that are posting, like, you know, their swimsuit pictures, but, like, all the time or, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And they're just trying to trap people. <laughs> well, I don't know about pleasing. That is uh, another word, pleasing. You know? it, I, maybe it's not pleasing. Maybe they're just trying to get attention. Exactly. I think that's what it is. So that. But the thing is, like, when you get to know these people, they're actually very nice and good people on the inside, but it doesn't match what they're portraying. Yeah, there's a lot of cases like that. Yeah, and I guess you know one of the things with this podcast is kind of getting to the root of people you know not just what you see but like what's on the inside and hoping that maybe they'll portray that inside more than the outside i hope so you young and you right on time with the, this timing and i hope this podcast can help you know uh, save the people uh, save this earth because you have to change people's thinking right now and uh, i don't know how how that can be done and hopefully this will work. Yeah, I mean, I think with the younger generation, like the kids that are growing up, like I think they're more aware that the earth is dying and, you know, more like don't use plastic straws and don't like use reusable water bottles Mm -hmm. 
or buy clothes that are like that been used that are like thrifted mm -hmm. because it costs you know more environmental stuff to mm -hmm. to make one like one piece of clothing even though mm -hmm. it costs you four dollars mm -hmm. you just killed like five trees or something yeah so it's, it's I agree it's gonna be some interesting times yeah we need no woodstock <laughs> I, I heard about woodstock and I heard it was pretty ugly I heard there was like rapes they had like mosh pits and some people got raped at the mosh pit and stuff like that it sounded very dangerous it was dangerous but that's that's the um, that's the mark for the generation that was so lost from from all the war from the Vietnam they war they needed some way to like release yes did you go to Woodstock no I was too young I was eight years old oh. <laughs> but I heard about it <laughs> I think they have they had one right like they had another one that they're they doing? tried but it didn't work oh, Woodstock I is different it's kind of accidentally uh, happening, oh. you know. So, anyway, uh, when I was younger, I thought Woodstock was a chaos, is something bad, but it, it's just like it showed that um, that generation needs something change. Just this, like I said, we need a Woodstock now. It's mean this generation needs something happen really bad that they can realize that hey. It's not. It's not okay. We we what we're living right now. Yeah. With all the social media, it's all this stuff that we bombarding us. I mean, there's been a lot of violence out there with like the gun shootings and all of that, and I mean, people are advocating to stop the the guns, and you know, or even with the president. Like, I think even though it was terrible that he became president. It helped a lot of people realize that they need to do more. Well, if you look at the big pictures, the worst time in history too, the Holocaust, World War Two, all that stuff. Humans is born to be really bad, and they born to have goodness inside them too. But, but the the government, the the governing things, system that it's driving them. Why, like here, what are they driving the people? They're driven for their own benefit. Yeah. Money, greed. Yeah. And it's same is the almost around the world is everything driven by greed, you know? I'm sure there's a lot of people there's like us trying to make good, but there's a powerful bad out there that's yeah. gonna take over, gonna try to block us. But naturally it, it will happen somehow, we don't know. I just hate to think about it. But you can see right now the earth really rejecting what we're doing right now is on fire. <laughs> the Amazon's yeah. on fire, you, you know. Um, but people is gonna keep on going on. You yeah, know, it's gonna keep going until it's too late. They just deny because that's all they know, and the government system up there, they're very powerful. They're gonna. I mean, there are some countries that are already adapting to this, that are doing better. Um, yeah, there's there's quite quite a bit of a little one like Norway, you know, and stuff like that, but here we are, um, in America, it. We're just behind. I guess like even though that 
it's important. Other things are more important to people than that. But the trick is, the United States is so powerful. If we can use that power instead of for the bad, we use it for the good. It will, the rest of, of the world will follow us, you know? But we're not going that direction, right? Yeah. We, we used to go in a good direction, people following us, but now we seem like we go to... We seem like a joke. We, we go to darkness, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, not, it's not that we use an excuse to be depressed and give up because we got one life given to us. That's a privilege. We've got to cherish this. How do we cherish this? We've got to make it best for us first before we can save the world. So we have to have that, um, that spirit and we have to fix ourselves inside. It's not a hundred percent, but as long as we 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 fixing it, we make it better. That energy will radiate outside, and people would see it. If you see people that like down and just like give up, you can feel it, and you don't want to be around them. But you see people that willing to change themselves, willing to help out. Change themselves is the first yeah. thing, and focus on the positive thing, and you can see the energy come out from that person. And I, I try really hard, you know, to, to, to be there to get there. Yeah. You know. So you're saying that you can look at somebody and you can tell. Yes, you can feel it. Um, just, just passing by, but the more they open up and talk about it, the action the movement you can feel it you can yeah. see it you can too i know you better than me on that right yeah yeah you can see that like you know you'll see people walking in the hallway and they just they look kind of sad or depressed mm -hmm. and it's like they don't really want to be doing this job mm -hmm. you know they just kind of need to be making money somehow and mm -hmm. maybe they're not really pursuing their dreams mm -hmm. like i asked somebody like if you weren't doing this job what would you be doing and they were like, I would be a high school basketball coach. Mm -hmm. And you know, you see the light in their eyes mm -hmm. brighten. Like, yeah, it might not pay well, but it would make you happy. But I mean, that's the other part. It's like, it's so expensive to live here mm -hmm. and to want to follow your dreams, but it's hard because, you know, it doesn't pay any money sometimes. It's true. And so you kind of have to do the job that you don't really want to do mm -hmm. so that you can follow your dream yeah I mean it's pretty hard but maybe like you know let's say if I have kids someday like before like maybe a few years ago or when I was in college I used to joke around that uh, if I had a kid I would be like you're gonna go to Harvard you know you have to go to the school and you know be better than I was but now, after some time, it's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to major in science. Do whatever makes you happy. Like, if I knew better, maybe I would have majored in some kind of theater or art in school. Mm -hmm. But then if I did, maybe, you know, it would have been a harder time. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, I think even though I found this comedy thing later in life, I think it was for the best. Mm -hmm. Because if I would have done it earlier, maybe it would have been harder. 
because I would have been struggling to live and do this at the same time. And at least now I don't have to worry about my rent and stuff because at least I have that covered. Well, I see your similar similarity for you and me is even though you go through a tough time, I think your inner core, you have that very positive, um, I don't know what you call them, it's life in, in you that you're going to overcome it, you know, overcome whatever bad, right? So in a way, you found comedy is something that can relieve you from all that pain, just like me find surfing is relieve me from all that pain. But deep inside, you have that good, positive energy in there. It's just like a core. It's just, uh, it's not like a serial killer that had that, you know. You, but it's good. You, you, you see the goodness of people. You see the goodness of that, that, and that's that's what makes you successful. I I think you're very successful being an electrical engineer, you know, and you're very smart and. I think being smart is part of it too, you know, you have that good energy and you have the brain and you're going to figure out what's good for you, you know, and, and I think that's, that's what I see in you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I do feel like on the inside, like I do think I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't do good things. We um, all have that. Yeah, like, you know, how we've talked about like the anger problems mm -hmm. and the self-esteem and mm -hmm. confidence and how we were both trying to mm -hmm. empower ourselves and <laughs> work on our self-esteem. Um, but yeah, like, when I see people, like like you said, like, I'm pretty good at reading people. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see through whatever walls they're putting up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was one of the reasons for doing this because people have told me that they find it easy for them to talk about things mm -hmm. with me that they wouldn't normally talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'll go on first dates and people are telling me their life story and mm -hmm. it's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oh, you know, people are human and people have these issues and they don't talk about it. You know, like we were talking about earlier in the kitchen about the whole suicide thing. Mm -hmm. How there's so many people committing suicide nowadays mm -hmm. and you have no idea that they even felt that way until mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah. And it's scary. Well, getting back to suicide, I believe that because I was raised that I've seen people dying all the time with, you know, and I say, why dying, you know? I think that's why I never thought about suicide. Because you, it was normal? Death, yeah, I mean, I say, normal. you know, why people lost their life? Why my cousin died like that so young, you know? And at, at that younger age, and I say, I feel like life is so precious, you know? Yeah. So you decided to make the most out of your life. It grew into me that, you know, no matter what, I will, I will stay alive, you know, because if I die, I can't help anybody else. Yeah. And when I, when I came to the state as a family, and we don't have much, so I was programmed to like, okay, we have to take care of your family as, as part of it, you know? Everybody have to chip in, they have to carry on. And I was young, I was like, I want to be the tough one, you know, so if you're the, you're the tough one, you're the strong one, you're going to go out there and drag your family to out, out to the gutter and make them alive. So yeah. that, that's how 
so that's why dying to me seemed like it's 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 a waste if you're killing it, you know. Yeah. But also, I think like back then, like you were saying, like you're just thinking about like you know working and taking care of your family. Like yeah. you don't have any time to think about what do you really want to do. Nope. And I think with the younger generation, like a lot of them, like early on, they're like, "Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that," and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's more opportunities mm-hmm. now than there were before. It's true. Is there any like advice that you give your daughter? I mean, I try really hard, but they don't take advice. Um, But the only thing I can do is is showing them by what I am, what I do, and how I live. That's the only way I can show them. By setting the example. Yeah, and they can watch me. uh, But telling them for their first but now it seems like when I get older and they get older, they take my advice a little bit more serious. And I don't usually give out advice unless they ask because yeah. if they if they don't ask advice, you give it to them, it's going to bounce right back out. Yeah, that used to happen with my mom. Like She would tell me, like, don't do this or don't do that. And I would not listen to her because she just was always trying to tell me what to do. And then there was times where she was right, and then I was just like, oh, if I would have listened to her, then this wouldn't have happened. But I didn't listen to her because I was tired of having her tell me what to do. Okay, one thing since we're here, maybe I can ask your opinion though, because I was raised that, okay, you got to create a family, you got to carry the family last name tradition. I was raised like that, but when I came over here, um, I was framed into got married really young, okay, but I stick to it. And then after 20 years, she decided to leave because whatever reason she, um, whatever reason, maybe she said that she wants something new, something different because we got married too young, accepting that. Um, but and she came from here, you know, it's not my my culture that I, I, I marry. So I try to change well, over to, she's, she's American. Well, is she Vietnamese? No, she's American. So she's white? She's white. Wait, so your kids are half white, yes. half Vietnamese? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> so during that time, I just say, okay, is the family structure of the Vietnamese, is that something that's solid, something that you should carry on? And then look at the family structure of typical American, and I say, is that something? And I look at both of them, see none of it makes sense, you know. And then I never encourage or pressure my daughter to get married and have kids, right? And that's something that's pretty common in Vietnamese culture, right? Like if oh yeah, you have to get married, have to have kids. In a way, deep inside me. I really don't want them to get married, okay, because since I talk to you, you might take it wrong, <laughs> but because um, marriage is something that man-made created in this country here or any other country, marriage is for security. 
like the Mormon marriage because they want kids to, to take care of the farm, right? And in Vietnamese, when you get married and you have kids, you believe that kids will take care of the parents. Yeah. See? So I look at that, that is totally fucked up. You know, a human being was born and you born to be free, you know? Not to serve. And then when you marry someone, you actually compromise half yourself to that person. How do you know that person is perfect? Yeah. Most, most people have flaws in it, so you have flaw, they have flaw, there's double flaw when you combine. <laughs> well, I, I think it's like, you know, you were saying, like, you have to be whole yourself before yes. you can be with somebody else. And I think, like, nowadays a lot of people are going to therapy like the younger mm -hmm. generation and I think that's good because like we all have all these issues that you know stem from our parents like yeah. our parents projected their trauma onto us yeah. and it's like a cycle yeah. and so one thing my therapist tells me he's like well at least you know that the cycle ends with you yeah. you know you're not going to pass this along to yeah. your kids because you saw what it did to you and you don't want to do that to them and you're trying to get the help now. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if I would have had a kid by now, I think I would have messed them up. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to hit them or anything, but I might have. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe the rage or anything, like, I would have taken it out on them. Yeah. And that would have been wrong. Yeah, when I got, when we split up, my daughter decided to stay with me. So, in a way, it gave me a purpose, but I think that's really good because... Now when it's over with, I can say, hey, I can raise my kid by myself. I don't need someone else to like, a wife to like, you know. I know it's difficult, but you can do it. Yeah. Right? So in a way, it, it makes me a stronger person, I believe, but I still don't believe. I totally, I never, I never did believe in marriage before, and now I totally don't believe in it. So I hope that doesn't ruin my daughter's future. I mean, I think they'll do what they think is best for them they don't want to maybe you can convince them to start going to therapy oh they know that I like I say I, I can't convince I give them advice but yeah. both of them strongly well, don't like get married maybe you can start going to therapy I'm talking to you right now <laughs> 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 I mean what do you mean by why do I need to because they already decide what they want to do yeah I mean they don't want to get married they don't have kids yeah and I kind of agree with it. I'm not going to say yes or no, but I respect that because having kids nowadays, don't you know that this planet is like too many people? Yeah. I mean, in Japan, like they're not having kids anymore. People aren't getting married. Like their population is dying. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It might, I might be wrong, you know, but yeah. that's I mean, what they believe. And they're so young. I mean, who knows how they'll feel in 10 years. I mean, even now, like, when I was younger, I really wanted to have kids because I wanted to, I guess, be the mom that I never had. Nature instinct. Um, but, you know, as I'm getting older, like, the want to have kids has kind of gone down because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, I'm so busy. Like, if I had a kid, like, it would just distract and I would have to pause a lot of things. And plus, people who have kids, they just seem miserable. Like... Yeah, they're cute and stuff, but then they 
throw their tantrums and they're ungrateful and you know but I'm sure it's worth it but right now like it's not for me well to me I see beyond that you know I'm sure if you believe religion God made us to have kids or whatever but right now we have a condition with this planet here there's too many people just like eating up the planet yeah even you don't know around here when I just came here 30 years ago this is not so popular it's too much too many yeah and once you got too many people what does it become a rat race so people what is don't care. so what is you know the last thing that you want to leave like is there something you want to leave behind you know when you go away you know well what do you want to be remembered for is it a a caring father, a good father, uh, cool guys, <laughs> and that's how I want to remember. Yeah. A, a, a good son to get my dad, not to get my mom, and people where people that around me think that hey he he's okay, you know, he not mean no harm. He he do something good. That's what what I want to see. Yeah. Well, I think you're one of the kindest people I've met, um, and you're a good friend, and I think you're doing good. You're doing thank the best you. that you can. Good. And thank you for being on this episode. <laughs> All right. Um, hope you have a good rest of your weekend. <laughs> I will, and I think you, you have a pretty bright future yourself, and you, you're searching for peace and happiness, and that's the goal. Yeah, all I want is to just be happy. Well, remember, there's no sadness. You don't know what happiness is. That's true. So it comes together. But when you when you have sadness, you have to put in the perspective that there's also happiness, right? That come in parallel. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>